Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to Studying the Song, the podcast that helps musical theater singers feel empowered in the audition room. I'm your host, Corey Yamaoka. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of defining your niche as a musical theater performer. And I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of niche. It's something that's been talked about a lot in the last 10 or so years in the marketing world, especially for bloggers, YouTubers, and Instagram influencers. But it's also an incredible helpful concept for musical theater performers as well. So niche is the idea of having like one specific thing that you do or talk about or a type of content that you create. And that specificity attracts other like-minded people who are interested in that thing as well. And those people become your audience. They follow you, they subscribe, and they buy products that you sell. What's also amazing about having a niche though, is that it repels the people that are not your people. You don't waste time trying to appeal to the people that aren't into what you do. They see what your niche is and they say, ah, that's not for me. And then all you have left are the people that are super into your thing. And those are your buyers and your customers. So today I want to talk about how this applies to you as a performer and why it's so important that you do clearly define your niche in order to be a successful working actor. Before we get into that, I want to share a quick listener review. B.S. Balderman says, I have personally had the privilege of coaching my musical theater work with Corey and each episode feels like a private coaching in the car or on my walk. She does such an amazing job explaining complex music and acting concepts in an easy to understand fashion. I have already started recommending this podcast to my students who are interested in musical theater and will absolutely be including it in my curriculum planning. Thank you for these kind words. I am glad that the concepts are coming across in a clear way and that the discussions are proving useful to both yourself and your students through your teaching. All right, let's get into today's episode. Let's talk about niche. The first question that might come to your mind is whether having a niche is actually a good idea or does having a niche mean you're going to get pigeonholed into one type of character all the time? It's a totally valid concern, and I know there's a lot of discussion about type and whether we should still be using type and what does that mean today and and all of as we're trying to sort of represent more people on stage and cast in more creative ways. But let me assure you that niche is not about getting boxed in. It's actually about being free to be who you are. So let's imagine, let's paint a picture for a second. Imagine you're going in to audition for a show and you walk into the room and you tell the director that 
you're an extremely versatile performer. Like you're really well-rounded. They're looking at your resume and it has a bunch of diverse skills and special interests. You've got all sorts of roles from shows that you've been in that are in like a variety of genres of musical theater. They ask like, are you more of an actor singer or a singer actor? You know, like in musical theater, we love the slashes, right? (laughs) And you're like, I don't identify as an actor singer or a singer actor. I'm both. I'm equal. And as far as dance, you know, you're a mover, but you really have a strong foundation in dance and you can pick up choreography really quickly. So what are you telling them? You're basically saying like you can do lots of different roles and what's coming across is you just want to take whatever they will give you by trying to morph into whatever they're looking for. So you get some sort of slot in the show. You've actually become an unclear commodity. Like by telling them that you're all of these things, you're actually telling the director that you're nothing. You're nothing specific. You don't have one set of skills or strengths that makes you stand out from other actors or that really makes you shine on stage. And that is not the message that you want to be giving in your audition. And the really terrible part is that figuring out your strengths in this audition when you're being so vague is actually way more work than it's worth to them. They're just going to move you into the no pile and have the next person come in. And that is not the reaction that you want. You don't want them struggling to identify who you are and what you can offer, right? What you want to do is present a clearly defined package to the casting director and the director. You know, here are my main strengths and skills. This is the kind of work that I love to do. Here are the unique life experiences I have to bring to the table so that you really become a particular person. There's a saying that says specificity is universality. You know, by me telling you a story about when I grew up and I was in third grade and I had this friend and we would go, you know, play on the monkey bars and hang from our legs and I had this purple dress with yellow flowers on and blah, blah, blah. You see a specific picture emerge, but you can also translate it to any time you were on a playground with your friend and what you were doing with them, right? So mine is incredibly specific And then it actually becomes universal to people that are listening to it. So that's what you want to be doing with what you're presenting. When you walk into the room, very clearly owning your niche, then they know how they can use you in the show, right? Then they know how you fit in. Or they know very clearly that they can't use you. And that's also good because then they know that when a show comes around that does need your combination of skills and passions, they're going to know exactly who to call because you've told them, ding, 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 this is who I am. And maybe it's not right for this show, but it is for the next one. So I like, it's kind of like being vanilla ice cream, you know, like everybody loves vanilla ice cream, but it's bland and you always end up adding stuff to it to make it the thing that you're in the mood for, right? (laughs) Like you're adding Oreos or cookie dough or cheesecake bites or chocolate chips. And what you want to do instead of saying like, I'm vanilla ice cream, add to me whatever you want. You want to come in and say, I'm an Oreo blizzard or I'm pistachio ice cream with fudge topping. Be the exact flavor that someone is looking for or be totally wrong. 
Yeah, both of those are the right thing. <laughs> be be exactly it or be the opposite of what they want because then you're still clear about who you are and what you have to offer. You don't want to exist in the no man's land in between those two ends of the spectrum. All right, so let's talk now about defining your niche. How do you do this and how do you use it to your advantage? So the first I want to say that niche is different than type. Niche includes knowing your type, but it actually goes beyond type. So the first layer, let's just say, is you have to know what your type is. So that means your vocal type. Are you soprano, mezzo, alto, tenor, baritone, bass, right? Um, And you may have a, a, a qualifier of that, like coloratura, soprano, Um, You might be a dramatic soprano, that kind of thing. And then also character type. So these are sort of that list of physical characteristics. It could be that, like your age, your height, your ethnicity, right? Those are sort of just who who am I looking at from the outside? And then it's also the um, sort of the qualities of your personality that help you fit into certain archetypes of storytelling. When I think of type, I'm really, what I emphasize with people is that you're showing that you are some sort of archetype. It's not a stereotype. It's an archetype. And that means I am hero. I am villain. I am the wise guide. Like these characters that come up in stories for thousands of years, like they're, they're sort of pre-packaged little, um, character journeys that we already know right from looking at it. And then as you hear the specifics of whatever story is being told, like there's all sorts of nuances to those types. But what are those qualities of you that are sort of your general archetypes of characters that you would play? Okay. So that is type. That's part of niche, but niche goes so far beyond that. So let's talk about some of these extra things, this next layer. So niche is the special combination of A, your natural talent, B, the skills that you've cultivated, and C, your particular passions as an artist and as a person. And we're going to talk about each of these things. So let's get into that each by category. The very first element, your natural talent. These are the things that you're just better at than a lot of other people. You have a natural inclination in these areas and their strengths um, of yours, definitely that other people can see really obviously. Hopefully you know them about yourself as well. And these strengths can actually be cultivated even more to really become superpowers for you in your niche, that you're like an amazing belter, right? Instead of just belting, you can really say, I have a natural talent in this. I'm going to keep cultivating it to make it even stronger. So for vocalists, it could be that you're very strong in legit singing and classical, or it could be belting. You could be someone that just naturally has that contemporary musical theater sound. I'm thinking of like Rob McClure from Beetlejuice, who plays, is it Brad, the Alec Baldwin character? Um, He just sounds like contemporary musical theater and someone else might just not naturally have that tone. Other people have a very um, natural rock sound. And if you think of like Daphne Rubin Vega, who played um, 
Mimi in Rent, she kind of has a natural rasp to her voice, which unfortunately means it's probably there's like vocal damage there. But her way of singing, her sound is very, um, very at home in the rock world. And for her to achieve a contemporary musical theater sound would be very difficult, right? So her natural talent is rock. Um, some people have those super floaty, high, clear notes for like a coloratura soprano. That would be like Kristen Chenoweth has that. Um, other women, you might be a lower voice and really shine in the very low parts of your voice. You might be a contralto even. Um, which is below alto. And I'm thinking of, you know, there's like famous women like B. Arthur or um, uh, Carol Channing that had very low voices. But there's also new roles, like one of the fates in Town is sort of a contralto or alto role. She's got very low notes. So if you're someone where your voice is just like golden down there, that is a natural talent of yours. And that's something that you're going to want to show and highlight and make part of your niche. Um, other people, they can riff really easily. They just have agility in their voice where they can move through notes very quickly. Um, it's something that anybody can learn, but some people naturally have that. Again, we're talking about natural talent and affinity. Um, jazz improvisation, maybe you're just all about like, um, scatting and using nonsense syllables and you have listened to a lot of jazz in your, in your life. And so you, you hear what those choices might be more so than other people. Um, you know, not that you're born with the ability to jazz improvise, but it might be something that comes very naturally to you. So those are the kinds of things. If we're talking outside of singing, you might be a super strong actor or you might be, you know, what we call the dancer dancer. I love musical theater. Everybody knows what a dancer dancer is. Those are the ones that have all the training and that natural like physique to be able to do it. Um, some people have just like back to like kind of the acting world. They're very, they can very easily be vulnerable and open. So that could be some part of like your, your strengths and your superpowers. Yeah. So it's things that come naturally to you that are a little bit better than your average person. Okay. So make a list of these things as you're trying to define your niche, natural talent, list the things that you think you might have in your toolbox that other people don't have. And if you can't define, if you can't like figure it out for yourself, Ask the people that are close to you, ask your teacher, um, you, you know, your voice coach, um, ask friends, fellow performers or a director that you trust. Like, what are the things about me that you think are my natural strengths? Okay. And then write those down. Number two, skills that you have cultivated. So these are the things that you have advanced training in. You've learned them and you have honed these skills. We tend to get trained in the things that we have some natural talent in, but sometimes you just like have learned things because it was fun and, and maybe it's not like a huge thing in your life, but you know, you know how to play ukulele. And so that you, you, that's part of your niche. But so for dance, dance is one of the most, uh, I think, obvious areas that we know people have advanced skill training in. Um, you may be a tapper, you may have advanced training in ballet or jazz, modern, hip hop. 
Um, and there are really shows that can um, be open to you that would not be open to other people. And I always try to bring this up with students of mine that are dancers and that have certain dance skills. I'm like, if you are a tapper and you're a strong tapper, you need to be looking for productions of 42nd Street. Crazy for you. Um, nice work if you can get it, which is a, a Gershwin review. Um, Thoroughly Modern Millie, The Producers has a dancing ensemble with tap. Mary Poppins has a big tap number. So things like that, like I'm a tap dancer. I'm going to proactively look for productions regionally um, that have that will give me that opportunity. You are the one that is going to be able to be in that show versus a bunch of other people. That's part of your niche. If you're somebody that has a really strong ballet and jazz background, then you might be doing more of the golden age shows that have dance choruses, right? Like Oklahoma, there's a lot of big ensemble dancing, West Side Story, Carousel, like these are shows with a big ensemble, uh, uh, what's another one? On the Town, right? These That is Jerome Robbins' choreography usually along with West Side Story, but um I mean, the new West Side Story is going to be different choreography, which is so exciting. And I'm really, I really want to see that. But in general, like if you've got ballet and jazz, now you know what shows to be looking for. That is part of your niche. Yeah. If you are a Fosse dancer, that is its own niche, right? If you're doing like Chicago and Sweet Charity and Cabaret, um, or maybe you're more contemporary pop or hip hop dancing, maybe modern, you might be looking for like Footloose, In the Heights, The Wedding Singer, Hamilton, right? So in, in dance, I feel like niche is, it becomes very obvious. For acting, what are some of the special skills that you have trained in? Do you have a variety of dialects that you know? Um, do you have experience with clowning um, or masks or are you multilingual? That's a huge thing. Um, you might just have really great comedic timing or you've done a lot of improv work. Okay. Those can be part of your niche. Uh, I love like for the, for the actors out there and singers that are not dance oriented, there are shows for you. Like my fair lady, there's not really much dance in that show or even rent. Like there's choreography for like of La Vie Boheme, but you're like sitting at a table and then tapping the table and jumping on top and that kind of a stuff. Um, Sound of Music, not a dance show. Title of Show, not a dance show. Waitress, not a dance show. So again, like if if part of your niche is that I am not a dancer, that's cool. Like hopefully you're comfortable moving and learning choreography because there's still going to be staging and blocking, but you don't have to be some grand trained dancer to be successful and have plenty of shows that are opportunities for you. Here's some other random skills you might have. Do you play an instrument? Okay. If you're in Once or Hades Town, there are tracks for people that play instruments in those shows. Um, or it could be somebody's reimagining a show where people play instruments on stage, like um, the company revival where everybody played an instrument. Uh, do you have maybe aerial work or acrobatics or gymnastics in your background? Um, bring it on might be a show that you'd be specifically, um, right for, um, the new Pippin did a lot of like circus oriented, um, 
uh, feats, I guess you could say. So the, the people needed to be able to do circus kind of talents. Masks and puppetry, I mentioned that. Um, maybe you have experience doing magic or ventriloquism, baton twirling, stage combat. Um, maybe you're a dance captain. Maybe you're really good at being a swing. That is huge. Certain people have the ability to keep track of multiple character tracks, right? So they are extremely organized. Usually they, um, you know, they're highlighting their script in different colors to, um, to figure out, you know, when I'm following pink, that's this character. When I'm following blue, that's this character. Um, and they, they can move between the requirements and they remember the moves and where the blocking is for each character. If you have that in your genetic DNA, if that's part of how you can see the world, that's definitely part of your niche. All right. The next element of niche is your passion. So think about, write down, what type of work do you want to be doing? I think this is so huge because I feel like a lot of people are in the audition circuit and they just sort of feel like they're at the mercy of whatever is available. Like, oh, these are the shows that are out there. I'm going to go audition for every show and just hope I get something. But I really think there's something to be said for you saying, this is the kind of work that I want to do. These are the kind of shows that I'm drawn to. And so I'm going to look for these opportunities. And what it might do is, is get you starting to look beyond your local theaters and maybe think about traveling regionally or even, you know, across, across the United States to different houses and, and auditioning with, you know, video submission. I mean, everybody's doing that right now, but, um, to just expand your world and say, I love doing this on stage. I love telling this kind of a story, or this is where I feel most at home. And then building a career around that. So let's talk about some examples. Like maybe you're somebody that really loves doing new works. You want to be doing workshops. You want to help people develop their shows. Um, you're an excellent musician and a sight reader. And that could be an area. Now, I will say that there's not necessarily a lot of money in doing that. But if that's something that you love to do and you love being in that collaborative process and trying to bring a character to life for the first time, you can be looking for those opportunities. And that is part of your niche is that I do new works. Yeah. You could be somebody that loves classic musical theater, like golden age and the old Broadway shows of like the twenties and thirties, where it's like Gershwin music and Cole Porter, um, and Rogers and Hart. I'm thinking of like crazy for you, 42nd street, in addition to like, you know, Oklahoma carousel, all those kinds of things you know, maybe you love living in that world. Maybe like, here's a scenario. Maybe you are a woman of color with a very strong, legit voice, classical voice. And your thing is that you love being in revivals that are now going to have more color bold casting. So imagine my fair lady with an Eliza that is a person of color. Um, I think that would be really great. And I, and, um, you know, Audra McDonald did this with Carousel. She played Carrie, um, not Julie, the main gal, but Carrie who sings Mr. Snow. 
And I mean, she's got an amazingly beautiful, legit voice and has created a niche for herself doing that kind of work. Um, You may be someone that prefers maybe kind of darker work that challenges audiences. Maybe it's a little bit more heady. Um, Maybe it's um, more serious. You could be someone that really loves rock musicals. I know that's like a musical genre, but it's also just sort of like a mood and an energy on stage. Um, Another one that I like to think about is what kind of stories do you want to tell? Like, are you wanting to be in the show that is like the, the amazing escapist, fun, fizzy um, kind of show where it's just light and lovely and provides an evening of just joy? Or like I said, do you like the darker, the serious, the more challenging? Um, maybe you're really into shows that have a message behind them, whether it's something like mental health in shows like, um, Dear Evan Hansen, that kind of thing. Like, what are you drawn to? What stories do you want to tell? One way that I help people find this out for themselves is I just start looking at the repertoire that's in their book and you will find as you start, like list out every song you have put them in their category of musical theater. If you don't know how to categorize them, go to my website, coryyamaoka.com. And um, I have a freebie for you guys. It's on the resource page and it's the 10 audition categories you need in your book. So go ahead and get that and then try to put your songs in the different 10 categories, right? And I bet you, you're going to have one care, one category that's got a bunch of songs in it and another one that has zero. So that's going to tell you, that's going to cue you like, oh, this might be the world that I live in. This might be part of my niche and how I can sell myself and the kind of shows that I need to be looking for. Now, don't use that as a blanket license to say, I'm not going to learn any other genre. That's not what I'm saying. But like, for example, I have a student, um, her name is Alyssa, and she came in and I was looking at her book and it was all comedic up tempos, usually like golden age or kind of that tin pan alley jazz vibe. Also like kind of dance oriented pieces. And so I just, I instantly got a sense of who she is. She does this sort of positive, classic, almost like Hollywood musical kind of vibe. And I could see her in all of those kinds of shows. And, um, and you know, we, I was like, this is clearly who you are. And then maybe there are some other things that we can also discover about who you are. But she had her niche very clearly identified. So those are the three elements. Natural talent. What are the natural talents you have? What are the skills you have, which might be taking those natural talents to the next level? Or they could just be skills like playing an instrument, knowing certain dialects, et cetera. Um, And then what are your particular passions? What work do you want to do? What song types are you singing a lot, right? So once you do this work and you make this list, you should start to be able to see a very particular person emerge. And that is you. You're going to see like, oh, I am, you know, Sutton Foster. I can do a really great mix belt. It's like a fake belt. It's super mixy. I'm positive. I'm upbeat. I like doing comedy. I'm a really strong tapper and dancer. 
and that is her vibe, right? That's her niche. Or I'm Kristen Chenoweth. I have a gorgeous, legit soprano voice, and I have amazing, amazing comedic timing. I'm petite. That's part of her type, right? She's blonde, whatever. You can wear a wig. But it's like she's this little firecracker with this beautiful, legit voice. Can she do more than that? Yes. Can she do dramatic stuff? Yes. And she finds ways to do that kind of work too. Like she was in Promises, Promises and played the lead in that, which is more of a romantic lead. And it's not just comedy like Sally in Charlie Brown. Um, or, you know, like Kunaganda in Candide. I mean, she played that, She, which the song that she became famous for singing in that was Glitter and Be Gay. It's the ingenue role, but it's a comedic ingenue and you have to have legit vocal chops for it. So that's her niche. I already mentioned Audra McDonald. Um, somebody like Christopher Fitzgerald, who um, the first time I saw him or knew him, he was in Finian's Rainbow and he plays, uh, what's his name? Og? Oz? Og. I can't remember. He's the like the leprechaun type and, and Christopher Fitzgerald is very small and he's got like a bundle of energy and he's fun and comedic. And so he plays those kinds of character roles. He was also in Young Frankenstein and played Igor. Um, he was in Funny Thing Happens on the Way to the Forum, which is Sondheim, but it's comedy, right? So he knows what his niche is. Um, someone else like Eva Noblezada, who has done a couple shows, right? She was most recently in Hades Town. And before that, she was in the most recent Miss Saigon revival. And she is like a vocalist that is out of this world. Her voice is unreal. And that is her niche, is that she is going to give you a powerhouse, amazing vocal that is just going to like melt your face in the best way, not like in a show-offy way, but in like this heartbreaking all of this emotion, all of this commitment, and all of this amazing skill, which if you've only heard her in Town, that score is beautiful and she has some great moments in it, but take a listen to her singing the Miss Saigon stuff. Oh my gosh, especially her performance at the Tony Awards. I just, I just cried after I watched it. I was like, this is so amazing, this performance her ability level. And so that's part of her, her natural talent, but that's also what she has cultivated. And those are the stories she wants to tell. I mean, those are both characters that are going through something really difficult. Um, Eurydice in Town and Kim in Miss Saigon, and they have to know loss and pain and adversity, and they have to make tough choices, all of that. So that becomes part of her niche as well. I don't know if she's going to be the lead in Legally Blonde. Is she going to play Elle? Could she sing the heck out of it? Yeah. But I don't know if that's part of her niche. Does that make sense? Is it starting to come together? Like our great performers all have a niche. Do they push beyond that sometimes? Yes. Um, Can you have comedic chops and dramatic chops? Yes. It's why, you know, we watch someone like Will Ferrell doing comedy for ages and ages on Saturday Night Live and then Zoolander and, uh, you know, Talladega Nights and all that. But then you see um, 
oh gosh, he'll do, I can't even think of examples because this was not planned, but he has these um, movies that are darker and more serious. And you're like, wow, he's actually like a really good actor as well. Um, a good, a good uh, dramatic actor is what I mean to say. So yes, you can push the boundaries. Yes, you can have more than one thing that you do, but you still have a niche, right? When you do this work, you're going to walk into the audition room totally confident in the product that you're selling, which is you. You're going to know how you fit into the world of that musical you're auditioning for. And you're going to know like, these are my strengths and these are the assets I bring to the table and why you want to hire me. And when you have that clarity about yourself, you're not worried about those other singers out in the waiting room. You're not listening to them and thinking, oh, what are they doing? And how do they sound? And am I good enough? And how do you're just like, no, this is me. This is what I do. And here's what I can offer you. Also, when you do this work, not only will you be more confident, the director is going to be more easily able to assess whether you fit into the world of the musical. They're going to see exactly how to use you, what your strengths are that you're going to bring to them for the production. Like you want the director to know as well, not just you. Now, if you don't do this work, you're going to constantly be hitting a wall in that audition room. You're going to know inside you, like I'm talented. I have what it takes. I can do whatever they ask of me, but your materials are not going to be reflecting that to the director. Like you're, if you're not doing this work, then your audition book repertoire is going to be all over the place. It's not going to be representing a clear niche um, and, you know, parts of your personality and making you really shine. Um, your headshot, headshot, <laughs> headshot might not be clear in communicating your essence, all of that kind of stuff. So doing this work is so important. Um, also, if you don't do the work, the director's not going to get that clear sense of who you are and they're going to be confused about where you fit and you know what they're going to do? They're going to put you into that no pile and you do not want that. So to reiterate the steps, you want to identify your niche by first listing your type, your vocal type and your character type. Then you want to, you know, excavate, write down your natural talents then your cultivated skills, then your passions. And once you've written all that down, you're going to have so much more clarity about who you are as an artist, at least right now, and what you are going to be going after next. When you define your niche, you will communicate exactly who you are, how you fit into the show you're auditioning for, making it super easy for the director to envision you in their show and move you into the yes pile. So that's all for today. I want to thank you for listening today. If you would like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at studying the song and at Corey Yamaoka, or better yet, swing on by koryamaoka.com and sign up for my email list for weekly tips and the latest news about studying the song. I'm your host, Corey Yamaoka, and I will see you next time right here on Studying the Song, the podcast that helps musical theater singers feel empowered in the audition room.